Welcome to Cinema Bushido. This episode, we're talking about the 2004 kung fu actioner Kung Fu Hustle, directed, co-written, and starring Stephen Chow. Uh, the plot of this is pretty straightforward. Bad guy who was a nice guy who learned some kung fu, uh, eventually finds himself in this universe of badasses and shitheads, and he eventually figures out he's a hero. It is a beautiful movie. Uh, with me, as always, is my, um, I don't know, broken toenail by the Shaolin master, Mr. Lee Van Cleef. How you doing, Lee? Hey, buddy. Every day's a holiday. How are you doing today? Uh, everything is awesome. Because it's a holiday. I didn't realize it was... I thought that was coming next week. Cause yep, like it's a... called Go Fuck Yourself Day. Oh, I love that day. Yep. I haven't fucked myself in so long. <laughs> I never leave the bed. It's great. Oh. Always on my back. All right. Well, I'll come back around to what you're drinking because we have a guest on our episode. So it's the best. Uh, we have the um, the kung fu <laughs> hustler of the hustle world, <laughs> Jenna Rumberger. How's it going, Jenna? I'm great. Thank you so cool. much. Is it a holiday for you where you're at? It is if you think that drinking after work is a holiday. It is. That's my favorite holiday. I literally do it every day because every day is a holiday. Lee, sing it for us, Lee. Some people mistake it for a hobby, but it's more important than that. Yeah, come on. Right it's, now, it's, the, it's, the World Cup is going on, I think. That's what it's called. I don't, I don't know the song for that <laughs> because I don't know where you're going because with this. But every day a is a drinking holiday. I don't know that Ooh. one. No, it's Morrissey. No, okay. I know in Himmel Gibbs Cambia. Oh, I like that. Sing that one. Uh, hold on. Me. I'll sing it. In Himmel Gibbs Cambia, drink drinking Sylvia here. And then I don't remember the rest. It's like because when we're gone from here, our friends will be drinking all our beer. Ah. Boom. All right, Jenna, do, do your to your heart song. What? To your heart song. My heart song. Whatever comes about to your you. titties. <laughs> I'm flipping you off. You just can't see it. It's yeah, just, it's I, happening. I see it. You okay. said heart. So, what are you having, Lee, to drink? Oh, you know, it was it was a hot day. I had to work among the day walkers. It was a a rude awakening oh, for me. I know Miller Lights coming up any second. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I go to the liquor store and get some rum, and then I was like, I go, you know, the, I go to the Kroger here in Colorado it's called the Super Kroger, and I get that. I get that uh, that beautiful organic, you know, uh, mint tips to put in my thing, and then I get home and what am I missing? Sugar. Uh-huh. So I have oh, everything but shit. sugar. But you know what? It's actually better. You're like I ate like five Snickers, and now I'm gonna come in my drink, <laughs> and it's gonna taste sweet. And I'm gonna it's be gonna happy. be just the same. It's gonna be even better. It is it's like be simple syrup. syrup. Simple syrup. It's exactly but like I, simple but syrup. It, but, but like the lack of it, it gives it kind of like that. That kind of that bite it makes it more crisp. Sure. Yeah. It makes it more you like a real cocktail. You don't even need cocktail. the salted rim. Yeah. No. No, I agree completely. When I see them put in less simple syrup in any kind of, uh, any drink, frankly, I'm like, and then I get the taste. I'm like, oh, I see. They were trying to cover for the people who can't handle the taste of a little bit of boom, boom. So I'm going to call it the Ron Van Cleefo in the name of my, in the honor of my father. Oh, I like Ooh. that. He's so handsome and black, by the way. Oh, yeah. He is so awesome. Was he also he's... a telecaster? Because it sounds like he maybe did the weather on your local Oh, he's TV a Bruce Boitation oh. dude. He was, he, according he... to legend, Bruce Lee's best friend <gasps> ever. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's a badass. Oh, all he right. could telecast his foot all over your ass. 
Yeah, that's where he gets fiber. the complexion. All yeah. right. Yeah, that's why it gets so dark. <laughs> Duly noted. All right, well, what are you having, Jana? I am drinking a questionable combination of dark rum, frenette, and soda. Oh, I like that. But like it's quite tasty. Yes. Well, I'm having this this uh, bourbon uh, called Larceny. It uh, makes me think of <laughs> Prohibition. And uh, I bought the big, big bottle. It's <laughs> so, the size of a small toddler. Inside of a small, yeah. So I've been working on that. With a straw. Like well, with a straw, exactly. <laughs> All right, well, as things go, whether you're prepared or not, Jana, um, guests always go first on our show, so... I'm going to ask you, uh, first off, just tell me what you thought of this. Wait, have you seen this before? Is this something you're into? It was the first time I'd seen it. And I was, I don't know. I think I was uh, apprehensive at first, but quickly came to love and appreciate this movie. It does have a stupid name. Well, it, it, it has a stupid name. It feels like it's probably kind of dated. If you just hear it, I, do you want to watch a movie called Kung Fu Hustle? It's like, nah. Yeah. I'm good. I was like, like <laughs> is, is it like Rhinestone Cowboy? Is it like Saturday Night Fever? I don't know. But instead, it was freaky and weird and awesome. All right. All right. Leroy, what do you have? Well, first of all, I would like to give a shout out to my boy, the director of photography, Hang Sang Poon. Mm. Not because I know anything about photography or his work, but because he has the greatest name of all time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hang Sang Poon. Yeah. He's like, he, he, what it means, uh, I don't know if you know this, but I speak, um, I speak Mandarin. It means guy who talks about how much leg he gets. Either way, it was very delicious. Secondly, could you have a better response to The Matrix than this movie? No, right. you, you could not. Ooh. No, you're right. People no, figured no. out, like, oh, we can mm-hmm. use wires to do stuff. And it was like, well, wasn't it cool when Neo bent backwards with some bullets went past him? And Stephen like, Chow was like, fuck you guys. He blew them out of the water. Yeah. With, it was like the same technology, but it was like... Okay, we're going to make a movie where nothing is really too serious, and yet the tension is real. Mm. And at the mm. same time, it's mm. going to be bright, and there's going to be a lot of colors, and we're going to use the CGI, but to have almost like a wacky effects, and we don't care. And on top of that, like instead of like everyone spending half the movie trying to determine whether or not they're going to suck Kool-Aid from Neo's dick, it was like... About a guy who literally got pissed on. Wait, blue Kool-Aid. Blue Kool-Aid. Wait, which was the right color? I don't remember. Red Kool-Aid. Yeah. Come here, Neo. You took the pill. I'm sucking it out of your dick. (laughs) My name is Neo. Did I ever tell you that story? I'd watched that movie like three or four times back in the day, and I I didn't know the quote. I thought he was saying, my name is Neil. (laughs) (laughs) I really did. I'm like, that's the dumbest line I've ever heard of. Like... Come here, Mr. Anderson. My name is Neil. <laughs> it means new. It means new. Arms, Neil Armstrong is my hero. And he I'm was real. New. And he really went to the moon. So fuck you people, because the world is real. I'm Neil. 
And like everybody <laughs> knows the same moves in that movie and they just download it and it's just and it's just another thing. Whereas like in this movie, like your kung fu is an expression of who you are. Uh, you practice it in your life. It took de- for almost everybody. It took dedication and hard work. No, it was amazing. It's like the kung really fu thoughtful. looks so good. It's so real. Yeah. Let's we're gonna step through this a bit. So let's get going and we'll get because we get to talk about it as it happens. So we set this out and it has the gangster and his lady at the police station. It's a very funny opening scene. Um, you know they're being mean to the chief and they're spitting on him and I think they threw coffee on him. It was just shitty. And it's a really bad opening to a film because at this point you're still like, this doesn't look like it's going to be good. But then. So so the crocodile gang guy, he like refs up everybody in the police station and he acts like a god amongst men. And his hubris catches up to him because he walks outside and he's like, look, even the movie theater's empty on a, on a Sunday. This is crazy. And he's like, where's the car? And then <laughs> where's the car? It's a trap. It's a trap. That same thing happened to Jana, by the way, the other day. She came outside after a similar situation, (laughs) and her car was gone. It's a trap! So funny. (laughs) Shit. She got hers back, though. And And then Jana tried to run to the police station, but what happened (laughs) (laughs) That's why she was resisting. I had an axe. I was fine. (laughs) They they closed off the police station, and it... And the, the rival gang comes over there and just dispatches of them rather quickly and brutally. And then what we find out is the girl with a really nice ass where I was like, I got dibs on second, you know, when he's done with it. Uh, she, like, gets blown away in the back by her own brother. And I thought that was just incestuous and, and un, un, unnecessary. Yeah, he was a dick. He's like, I don't yeah. shoot ladies. And then she's like, yeah. oh, cool. And then he shoots her in the back of the freaking head or something. I was like, dude, that's 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 gratuitous and inappropriate, and I don't like the way he disrespected women. I like I like the whole opening that lake chop scene. It's the first like weird CGI thing, yeah, yeah. and it's so good. The dude's like running like he just stole like somebody's purse. He's going as fast as he can, and this dude sort of falls down and throws the axe on the side, and it's just a beautiful like top um, shot scene of the dude running, and you just watch his leg get chopped right off, right below the knee. And he falls. And it was just so... It, it was the first shocking thing. Because, like, everything else up to that point had been kind of like, I'm tough and you're tough and we don't know what's happening. And then when this guy just gets cut down, it was something else. But you're missing the best part. Well, tell us. Uh, right afterwards, they go into, like, a dancing, like... Oh, little, I love uh, that part. ...scene yeah. where they're dancing around with their axes and they're kind of doing a montage yes. and taking over the town. Oh, that was so much swagger. Tell me about it, Jenna. Tell me about it. I mean, you know, that part of the movie and a lot of other parts felt very Moulin Rouge to me, Mm. where it's so much about color and this weird saturation of light and this super campiness. And that was the first scene that really set the tone for that, like, vibe, except that they had these huge fucking axes. Well, and I thought they had a little bit of charisma, you know, and it felt like it felt like they were trying to seduce some ladies over there. They were like, look at me. Yeah, because you yeah. just, we got, came into it and we now, okay, Lake Chop Off, we were like, okay, this is, movie is about to be fun. And then we make it to Pigsty Alley, which um, you don't really know what's kind of going on there. Uh, you've got, uh, it, it seems sad. Actually, it, works, it starts really funny because you, you meet the landlord dude and he's just a creep. He gets free lunch. He promises some stuff. And at this point, you're still thinking he's kind of like a, a an upstanding guy. or I don't know. They seem to respect him. 
he has the situation with the creepy girl and he gets the kiss on the cheek and you know i just doesn't seem like there's a lot up with him he seems it's he's either just like the guy who's just been taking advantage of the town the whole time but you don't know what's coming it feels very blazing saddles to me Mm. this like provincial town yeah that everyone's just kind of doing their own awkward thing until right you don't realize that he's under the thumb of the coolest yet most horrifying woman lady (laughs) of all time (laughs) right she's terrifying she is lee yes fat lady Uh, well, you know, what's great about it is is that he's kind of a manipulator in yeah. the way he does everything. Mm-hmm. And that'll come to fruition in his kung fu. And she's like overbearing and a banshee. And that, again, will come through in her kung fu. Plus, we also get introduced to 12 Kicks, who is lifting heavy shit on his back. And, he, and they make an emphasis to point out how nimble he is with his legs. I made a note of all the foreshadowing. You have foreshadowing of him. You get foreshadowing with uh, the, uh, you know... Taylor dude yeah and the rings the iron the rings, rings. Exactly. he's using them in his work yeah and then the guy with the hexagon staff and you can see their staffs up on the wall plus he uses a staff to make the the kanji yeah no yeah. that's the best so yeah to those who haven't seen it at this point in the movie we still don't know that anybody there can do shit and it's kind of funny um our hero Singh, he comes to town he's just fucking with everybody uh, you know, he's trying to get a free haircut, and then he's trying to blackmail the guy, and he thinks he's got something on him all because he's got this big dude with him. And, um, well, gosh, it may go to. Uh, I'm going to steal this right now. It might be my favorite scene. It's the scene. <laughs> Sorry, Lee, because there are so many in this that there's no way this was your favorite. It was so good. Um, it was a part <laughs> where Singh is like surrounded by the town. And oh. I'm, I'm going to have like eight favorite scenes in this, but this is one of my oh. favorites. It's so good because he's calling people out. So first he calls out this woman and she looks weak as hell. And he's like, come on, bring it on. She punches him so hard. Like one of his, one of his teeth, like a tooth flops out onto the ground. I'm like, how does that even happen? Like she hit him he's so like, hard. He's like, what job do you do? And she's like, I'm a farmer. <laughs> so then he's like looking around the town, looking for weak small people and it's just so funny how he they set it up they find a guy who looks really short and he's like how about you and it's this tall lanky guy and he was obviously sitting on a chair behind people so at that point you're kind of like ha ha and then he points out this old man with glasses and he comes out and he's like bolo young style fit (laughs) (laughs) and then finally he's like all right fine fine. you this little kid and this little kid comes out and he's got the same bolo young body The best part about it was right before that, like the guy they're trying to rip off that does the haircut. Right. Like his ass is just hanging oh, out the whole I did, fucking movie. I do have his, that note. And that's what his you, ass is just hanging out. You were hoping that was my first favorite scene, you that was, sick I, fuck. I, yes, I was like, oh, go ahead, ghost. Yeah. Get it. Just keep in mind, I'm the editor of this and you're the one who brought that up. So, so yeah. So anyway, he, he stops doing it. Uh, let's let's just jump around for a moment. We'll, we can keep walking through it, but since I just stole one, I'm going to go to Jana next, and I want to see what Jana's favorite scene is off the top of her head. Oh, well, it was, it was towards the end. It was when you realize it's... So the landlady and her husband end up being these insane super badasses, and it's when the guy that they busted out of jail comes the into the room the beast 
And they just like, they're all bedazzled in this casino room. <laughs> and they just like fly up and they look just like insane, larger than life, powerful. And you know what they can do. So you just think that they're going to destroy him. But instead, it becomes this like epic, epic fight scene. They do do like the, one of the first kicks they do. They both, both of their feet hit his face and like one hits his face and one hits his head and his face becomes sort of swirled. It was very funny. But remember what he said when he shot the gun at his head. In Kung Fu, speed defines the winner. Oh, yeah. And he said, he was like, you guys missed the mark. And it wasn't true. If they wouldn't have had compassion for him when she yeah. went to do the lion's super yell. Roar and, with the speaker. Yeah, with the speaker. Mm-hmm. If she wouldn't have backed down, he would have been dead. She backed but, down yeah. and they got stabbed in the guts. But he, to be fair, he was toying with them the whole time. He proves that. He proves that by the fact that he literally is just fucking with them and enjoying himself. He was waiting mm. for something better. And then when they got him, he was like, he was really stunned. I, like, agree. Oh, I, I agree with that, but I think she could have got, she could have definitely oh, yeah, she, torn she, him down a few notches at that point. All right, give me yours. Well, the, you guys are both wrong. The greatest scene ever. Well, there are 1,800 of them, so. Is the true. knife scene. No, it's the knife the scene. The knife scene <laughs> is one of the funniest It's the best of all time. So Did you know what? Listen, Lee, before you even go into it, because I want you to just describe it all. Earlier this evening, as I was going back through it, I made Jana stop everything she was doing to come back over and watch the knife scene. So take it away, sir. It is so, it's so classic. Our, our hero who has proven that outside of unlocking things, which is what his power is, by the way. Uh, he He's not good at anything. And so he and this blubbering idiot who's a pig farmer go back to the pigsty alley to kill what they don't know is one of the greatest kung fu masters of all time. Right. And they have these three shitting-looking steak knives that there are just regular knives, just kitchen knives that they're going to, they're gonna, from like about 20 yards, toss at her. And didn't and, he try it first, right? Yes, he yeah. tried it first, and he threw it so high it hit like a, uh, a like a um, a support beam that was made out of concrete, and it bounced back and hit him right in the left shoulder. So he's like, ah, fuck. So then he gives the two knives to the fat guy, and he's like, you'll have to do it. Get closer. Well, the first knife he goes, you'll have to do it. So the fir- the fat guy, he looked like a foreigner or like a little kid when they don't know how to throw a baseball. Yeah. <laughs> he takes it with his left hand and throws it like across his body and right into his buddy, which is at his bottom right, like mm-hmm. crushed down and hits him in the, in the, in the other shoulder. And he's like, ah, oh, fuck. He's like, you're going to have to get closer. So then he like, he scoots up a little bit to this cage of snakes and he gets ready, he aims, and <laughs> he reaches snake. so far back, he hits his buddy right in the bicep. And then he throws it, and all he throws is the handle. So the blade broke off off the handle and stuck in his buddy. Oh. And then he's like... And the best part, her getting the handle in her face. <laughs> Who's throwing handles? <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, he's like, is this the knife blade? And he pulls it out of his buddy. He's like, oh, no. And then he puts it right back in. Like, oh, I'm oh, sorry. So good. And then he's like, and then he picks up the cage to throw it at that lady because he notices she caught an eye of them. And it just spills snakes all over his body. <laughs> and then he's oh, like, listen, so I know things about snakes. If you just sing to them, they'll be fine. And the guy's like, I don't know. And then there are a bunch of like cobras that are about to deal with him. And he's like, he starts whistling and then they bite him on <laughs> They all bit him. Oh, it's <laughs> so good. Yeah, you know, we are starting to get to the point in this film. And by, it's, the, it's a throwback 
to really old school, like Jerry Lewis kind of slapstick comedy. This knife, knife, and then the snakes. I hate to throw Jerry Lewis in there because I, I believe he was a creep and he probably raped people. But you know what I mean? It's the time. Um, maybe can I go for the odd couple or something? I don't, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I love Lucy. I love Lucy. This, like, there we go. I love Lucy. There was this like slapstick kitsch kind yeah. of of it mixed with the super stylized like Indian musical sort of vibe. Mm-hmm. And then the like Bruce Lee vibe. And mm-hmm. it's like they put them all, they smushed them all together to make magic. It was so yeah. funny. The best part about this movie is that they, they give you everything and it everything. doesn't wrong. Okay, it's yeah, my turn. It seems like it would be too much, but it's never but it's too much. It's just the right amount. Which is why this is the anti-Matrix movie. Uh, it's it's my turn. <laughs> Stop talking <laughs> oh, about how great this oh, movie is. Oh, it's Stop. It's, it's my turn. It's Matthew's turn, Lee. Okay. Mom, he won't, he won't give me back my toys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so excited. Um, another one I just love. A scene in this that is so classic. Um, it had some foreshadowing, too, because it's the point where the tailor... He's all bent over, and he's scared, and he looks up at the rings above, and you don't know why he is. And yeah. then my true hero in this film, the first hero, I, I forget what his name was. Uh, let me see if I can pull it up here. Twelve Kicks? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Tan Twai, Twelve Kicks technique of the Tam school. He, um, he is so good. When he first comes up and saves the lady and the little boy by catching the lighter... And then his martial arts are perfect. That could be my scene, but it's not. It's when the tailor comes to assist him. Yes. And what he does is he takes one of those, like, tailor measuring tapes. It, so it's loose, like, made of cloth. And he throws it up above him, and he busts through, like, two, like, one and a half inch thick dowels that are covered with these rings meant for holding clothes. And they fall down, and he, like, gathers them all on his arms, like, you know, on his his lower arms so they become his like tool and then he comes out and starts just kicking ass like the right then there's like some guy in his room and he kicks him through the window and everyone turns around and they're like what the fuck just happened it's like fuck it isn't just 12 kicks now we got the tailor <laughs> and, and, and he was those, so cool those rings were about half an inch thick they weren't small they were by no means like meek they didn't like they didn't look like any regular clothing apparel and they were, they were. When he did it, he flexed on them, and it looked yeah, so cool because he, I don't know what kind of real value it would have in a fight, but the, the just the way that the technique was when he would flex back and bring the rings down on him, and then just hit somebody. You just felt like there was something there with his with his chi, you know, with his kung fu bullshit that was just fucking everybody up. It was pretty cool. That was really an epic scene. Well, I wanted to say um, I looked it up on on Wikipedia. And uh, he, it says he specializes in the art of uh, hunga, and it's this iron fist technique. So for all those people out there who love the uh, emo dude, the yogi, that's doing it on Netflix right now, I don't know. Maybe watch this movie instead and see the real iron fist, because yeah. he fights with iron rings on his arms. And then, you know, and he has red panties on, so it's going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. There's no doubt that the Iron Fist on Netflix, he wears, you said red, but it's that weird pink panty, but it's a man panties. No. And Our it's boy, a... the tailor, wore red panties. Oh, because well, he's and got then, a hot crotch. And then that chick was like, what are you doing, you fairy? I was like, yeah, get uh, him. Fuck that. Because he was all like, because he just whooped everybody's ass. He's a hero. And then he's all like distraught that she's asking him to leave. And she's like, and what's with those red panties? 
I was like just cracking. This movie is so funny. This movie does not give a fuck. No. And then you know what? Like the, the like the Matrix was like they cared about every little thing. Everybody had to look so cool. In this movie, you got people with like busted teeth and every you know nobody's really too cool. And yet the the movie and the kung fu is amazing. Hey, my name is Neil. <laughs> so you could just fuck off. It means brand new. It means it means efficient like a Prius. My name Jenna. is Neil. Yes. Jenna, what is what is what do you think? Who's the best out of the first three? Do you think the Taylor's the best? Or twelve kicks or hexagons? The stick guy. Of course the, the stick, stick guy. The stick guy is clearly the best. He's the best. He like floats through the air as one of his sticks is fucking someone up. And he and he notices the guns are coming out of the out of oh, the trunk. So he notices he the guns are the guns. coming out of the trunk and he's just like, Nope, done. And and he also he looks the most fragile and awkward of the mm-hmm. three. Like the tailor, you feel like, you know, he 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 could have something going on. The, 12 kicks looks like you know badass. he looks Bruce pretty Lee. badass yeah. whereas like this what's the sticks guy's name the kanji guy the noodle maker his name, was, make... his name was uh donut donut yeah donut was his yeah, yeah. donut was his name and yeah. his name's donut he's got like his wife beater and his two like and his pulled <laughs> high up pants and then he just like makes all of these sticks leaning uh, against his wall come to action. And when like, he jumps how do you to, beat that? When he jumps to action, it was yeah. one of the most exciting scenes yes. ever. He just like kicks something and breaks something and then he grabs the first stick and flies out the window. Oh my god. It's magnificent. It's yeah. like come on Homer. Get yeah. The fuck out of here. But I also love throws him around. that moment where they're all on top of the stairway and mm-hmm. like are just kind of playing with each other like, hey, we're all magical. Let's fuck shit up. It's amazing. He's like, he's like, we should spar. I didn't know you guys were here because they're all Kung Fu legends in China. And then the guy's like, the 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 tailor. He's all, he's got his little girly fan. He's like, we have so much <laughs> to pack. Like he's he's being passive aggressive. And then everyone kind of like nods and then turns their own separate ways. And then they just immediately start attacking each other. It was beautiful. It's so great. I love it. Okay, well, so Lee, because you just started the. Who's your favorite? And you started with Jenna. Go with you. Just out of those three. Um, I would say that even though I like 12 Kicks and I like Staff Man, I really thought Iron Fist Guy was yeah. like, like, even though he wasn't the most effective against the musicians, it was just so cool. It was just such a cool character idea. Like 12 Kicks was clearly... He was amazing. And that, that scene where he fights like all those Abraham Lincoln motherfuckers. Dude, when you were hilarious. 12, when you were 14, you would have been like 12 kicks, obviously. These other guys yeah. are fucking losers. Yeah. Right. But but then like, and then you see the hexagon staff guy. He had the best choreography. But for me, it was just, just, it was just something about how creative that was. It was yeah. just super creative. Well, I hate to follow. Well, so my favorite would be 12 kicks probably because he really... Um, when you watch the actual choreography, it it looks real. It looks really real. Like he's there's a scene where he kicks the legs out from under a guy, and then as he's falling, he kicks him in the stomach to make him go higher in the air. And it just looks precise and awesome, which is I guess the effects of computer graphics. So thank you for that. Um, 
I watch a lot of kung fu movies, and I watch a lot of people who try to hit each other, and there's like a foot of space between where the fist goes by and the guy goes flying back. So there's something cool about CGI with martial arts. If it's done well, like this, that it looks great. Um, that said, I'm a sucker for staffs, and the staff guy, when he finally jumps in, I think there's an impact to him jumping in because everything's going to shit between the other two. They're finally getting over overrun again. Oh, no, what it was is exactly what Jenna said. The, the shitheads go into the trunk to pull out uh, old-school Prohibition-era machine guns. You know, the old-school... The Tommy guns. James, yeah. yeah, Tommy gun. Thank God, I couldn't think of the name of it. I was like, James Cagney gun! <laughs> you know? You know what I'm talking about. The James Cagney gun! Anyway, he breaks the guns. Shit, Prohibition guns! It's guns full of not booze. I don't know! Nine millimeter shells on drugs! You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay, we finished off the three, and that's cool. And um, I love both of your picks and my half-assed pick between the two. <laughs> um, okay, so finally, next, it's Jana's next favorite scene. So give it to us. Okay. Well, one of my favorite things about this movie is that it seems like the landlady and her husband... They were so cute. Well, but they seem useless. They seem mean and useless. They're so quick to say, hey, three kung fu geniuses that just saved our town, you need to leave immediately because we don't want to deal with shit. Yeah, that part sucks. So you really think, like, they don't know anything, they don't want to deal with anything, they're just doing their thing and fuck everybody else. Then, when the magical music bad guys appear... Yeah. And have really fucked shit up. They're just like, nope. And she does the scream. Yeah. It was the first time she did the scream. Oh, it was so, so cool. Sweet. It was so beautiful, too. Which is called the lion's roar. It's what I, it's what I do, Lee. I mean, I think that was another thing that took me surpri- by surprise. And one of the reasons I mentioned like the comparison to Moulin Rouge is that so many scenes in this are so beautiful. And they didn't have to be. They could have been like, whatever, but there are these scenes that are just this beautiful twilight lighting with this like mm. soft blue light that descends down, and it just adds to the intensity of the crazy shit that's happening. I love it. One great thing I'd like to throw out there with that particular scene when she does the first scream um, is the way before she ever even got herself involved and the, our three heroes had to fight their second battle... Um, She's opening the window saying, would you people just shut the fuck up because I'm trying to sleep? And after the scream, when she has to like kind of get back to them, she's done this lion's roar and she's fucked up everyone. Um, they're like, there's one dude, she's in the back seat of the car with them and they're both horrified. And somebody comes running up to the car like, what the fuck? And the dude next to her is just like, dude, would you shut up people here? I'm trying to sleep. Like he'd done a full, full reversal. Like, can we, can we just pretend I never showed up here and did any of this to you? Yeah. Well, what's best about that, and I'll, I'll use this as my next best scene, is um, so the, the three, without going into detail, have been bested. And have been laid to waste by these magicians who clearly knew who these three kung fu artists were and had, in their estimation, known that they could best them. And had come into that to best them and had already killed one. And uh, so what happens is is that she's she's yelling out the window and the husband's like, no, 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 don't worry about it. But, like, there's a, a moment where she purposely disrupts a fatal blow. 
with her yell. And they're like, holy shit, another master. They freak out. They're like, and so then as they're freaking out and jumping up to go up to the penthouse suite to go fuck some people up, they, they float down sweetly. Yeah. And there's this, there's this handsome gentleman with hair clips in his hair. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, and then they hit him. And it's like he's he's manipulating their energy against. Oh, them. it's one of my it's, favorite scenes too. So he fuck. So like, he, they hit him, but he deflects the energy. <laughs> it was and so it, funny in f- terms of physicality and how it works. Yeah, it was like it was like nonsensical, right? It was like he's the rubber band man. It's your fucking best friend. Uh, it was so and then, and so like they're like every blow they do like hits their body, and he's holding on. He's hanging on to them. So he's like he's like got his arms around around their necks, and as they beat on him in a in a seemingly really vulnerable position, he literally just deflects all their energy onto the next guy, mm-hmm. and so they're roughing each other up, and then he'll dodge a couple times, and they they punch each other, and they're just completely destroying each other, and then they they uh, they they get him off of him, and they kick him a couple times, and it's like almost like a feather. He just floats in the air. He's completely manipulating every energy they use against him, against them, and deflecting. and And then they get, they get back to get to to hurting him, and that's when they get the lion's roar. And I just thought that was so clever because he's he like everybody's power is a reflection of who they are. Ooh, mm-hmm. and you know what? Mm-hmm. The the landlady she was really just like worried about her husband at that point. That's when she, she yeah she saw the way that like. He kind of bested them, but then they ran away, and he restrung that instrument yeah. like fucking fast. Yeah, and she was right there in front of him because he was yeah. just about to, you know, whoa, ready to fight again. She's like, Psst. and that look yeah. on her face—it's so she good. Had it. She's yeah. got just the fuck you cigarette hanging down, just like, and she does the super stoke it in. Ah, oh, so good. Yeah, because it, like the whole point is, is that their kung fu is a reflection of who they are. And it's not like the Matrix where they just download it off a computer and everybody knows the same shit. It's just so beautiful. Like you must have seen a lot of song. Matrix connections because I didn't. I never would have. Oh, I, the I, I, I never liked the Matrix. And for me, when I was watching this, I, you know, when the first time I saw it, I was like, "Oh, this is a funny movie." But as I watched it the last few days, right. I was like, "Fuck the Matrix! This is the best Matrix movie ever." That's not the Matrix. It's not a Matrix movie. Is it just? Is it because of the slow mo, like hovering it's, in the air thing? The CGI it's movie. Like, it's like it's like they took all the all the all the techniques, and then they were like, "No, this is what this movie can be, can really be." Well, this is five years later. I mean, yeah, it's that's really what I'm saying. Just, I mean, I feel like at this point, if you watch a lot of Asian cinema. In 2004, everybody's kind of doing the... But I, to your point, fuck the Matrix is all I'm saying. Throw it out the window. This is still, like, better CGI action that looks... It, it, it's a better movie. It's a better story. It's way... It's a way... Like, you can you make a movie today that, that doesn't take itself seriously and is, is amazing? Like it's this? amazing. No. Nobody's yeah. made a movie like this. In fact... Stephen Chow hasn't been able to make another movie like this. He's tried multiple times, and he's done some pretty fun stuff. He did this movie called The Mermaid. Um, I think it's uh, 2016 or something like that. And it has a lot of um, the same techniques. But it's hard. This story is like a classic old story. And something we're going to get to um, that I discovered only after watching it um, a few weeks ago that I didn't notice at all when I watched it back in... 2005 when it came out 
is all of these like legends of kung fu cinema are in this like Stephen Chow did something special with this film. He got these people together. The Beast in particular is Bruce Liang, who is a Bruce Boitation actor. He played Bruce Lee in like 10 freaking movies. It's he Stephen Chow did something so special here. And I believe it was either right after or right before this, which is telling either way. He did a movie called Shaolin Soccer, which was these soccer players or football players, whatever you want to call them, that... Um, can shoot the ball in really crazy CGI ways. So it's kind of like, it, he just had his best moment. Suddenly all these movies came out that used wire kung fu or wire. didn't have to be kung fu. could have just been like, someone gets shot. Remember that movie? It was a ripoff of Yojimbo, and it had uh, Bruce Willis in it. Um, oh, The Last Man Standing. Last Man Standing. There's this point where Bruce Willis shoots a guy with a forty-five. Uh, and semi-automatic flies. and the guy yeah, the guy flies out the door like yeah. 14 feet hits the yeah, dirt in the middle of the street and then slides yeah. like another 3 feet and I remember at the time I didn't I'd never fired a gun at that point and I, I looked it up I'm like is that real and certain people were like yeah it's real and hey for everyone who still thinks that's real it's not it's not <laughs> a 45 can make you fall back a few feet and not get up again but it's not going to make you fly yeah, crouching tiger style into the street <laughs> grind across the street go into the next door neighbor's house drink some tea it just doesn't happen unless you're already going into a back bend right anyway, not even just, then you'll never catch that much difference. that wire art is just <laughs> the, the wire action is so dumb but it's good for dramatic effect and in this movie it's they awesome. do it and it's awesome as fuck because you're in you believe it all this movie is supernatural but there's it's also natural it's they got set this... a perfect tone of camp. Yeah. So you expect the unexpected. Ah, yeah. That's a perfect explanation. Yeah, you believe a it? perfect tone of camp. Mm-hmm. Say it with me, kids. Hang, sang, poon, perfect tone of camp. Oh, sorry, perfect oh, tone of camp. Oh, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> delicious. I'm stealing that. Yeah. All right, well, I, yeah. you just took, had your last one. I think I'm up again. Before you say that, I just want to say Sam Ahung. Good job on the choreography. Oh, Samo. Okay, so the battle's already been going on against the beast and the landlady and the landlord. And it's awesome. And she rips the top of the death bell. Okay, let me preface. First, she says, like, to the dickhead that's part of the axe crew. She looks at him and he's, like, talking some shit because they have the beast. She says, hey, your your history's already been chosen. And she looks back at the bell and he's like, what the Fuck a death bell? <laughs> it was just funny. I'm like, yeah, fuck you. This is going to get deep. And I, we already know the Beast is going to best our heroes. But it doesn't happen just the way anyone thinks it's going to because it's not that easy. They're awesome. And uh, anyway, at one point, she rips the end of the death bell off and she does the lion's roar into it. And it's the first time in this situation that the beast feels some agony and realizes that it isn't just going to be as easy as he thought. Because up to that point, as you said earlier, he'd been toying with him. And just like we said earlier, you think he could have won. My favorite scene in this case was just her blowing into the speakerized lion's roar and fucking up. She, she took down the entire headquarters. And it wasn't until after that with the foolery that we get our hero into play. Did he? Did she just rip it off, or was it more dramatic than that? I thought it was more dramatic. Oh no, she's like hitting at it, hitting at it side to side, and being attacked, and he's trying to defend her. 
Paris is trying to defend. Well, their faces changed during that fight. The whole rest of the movie, if they were fighting, they had like this cool face going where they're just like, yeah, we're fine. We know that we have like all of these things in our pockets. We're fine. But when they get to that stage with the beast, it's literally like, oh shit. We're either, and, but they don't have that look of like, we have to fight for our lives. They still think they're probably going to be okay, but it's like, oh shit, we have to actually expend some effort. And then there are these like moments of franticness, which I feel like was that mm-hmm. moment right before the lions were on the bell. But you're, you mentioned it earlier. Like, she hesitated, she didn't yeah. finish him. Yep. He said, come on, guys. And then she yeah. put the, she put said, the Wait. speaker he, down. He begged for mercy. Basically, which he does twice. Wait, yeah, yeah, he does that multiple times. Why do they even believe him? Do we know? Do we know the beast's backstory? Yeah. Besides that, he's do. freaky and needs to get broken out of jail. Give it to us. We do. So this guy was so dedicated to kung fu that he went mad. Yeah. Uh... Okay, so he's like, he's like the Mad Hatter or the Joker. Like, he's he's so, he's gone so far into madness. That the normal concerns and constraints of humanity no longer apply to this guy. And so he's like a savage killer solely. He's a psychotic, basically. Gotcha. And so, and so like, when when he begs, because he, he's so polite, because he's he's so excited. The he's Columbo-ing. I mean, I don't really think he's a Columbo in the sense he that... He is. He's like, like unkempt, he, and he's like, mm. Hold on a second. Uh, I don't know if you guys. Yeah, it's Columbo. I don't. I don't think anyone underestimates him though. Like Columbo gets underestimated on purpose. Like he's playing on. I don't know. This, the, 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 the beast the is the beast is well known. Like in, for instance, Paris, the guy who's racking the ass, the ascot. He's so handsome. Yeah, such a beautiful man. He he's like he's like we don't want to fight you. We just want to kill this fucker. Right. And he's like I, I don't get me wrong. I just want to kill you or be killed by you. Right. Right. So he's like, he thinks, oh, you know, I just want to see a good fight. Because he. No, I still think he's playing the dumb shit. Like the way they they do the whole Columbo thing with him. They want to test him because he doesn't look awesome. Oh, in the beginning, yes. When they first get out of jail. That was the best scene probably in the movie. Well, I think. Oh. Are you up, Lee? I think you. I'm not going to use that one. I'm going to use the other one. No, you just did yours. Okay, Lee, you're up. Okay, so I've got a great one. Mm. Our young man. The hero. Ping. Sing. Sing. He, 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 I don't whoever. He's Ping, just sing. looking good. Sing. He's looking good. Lo- he's looking good like he's in Shanghai. You know? Yeah. Oh, finally, when he comes out wearing his white. He's mm. looking good like he's in the middle of Hong Kong. Bruce Lee White. Yeah. And, and he, uh, he, he's explaining that he knows Kung Fu. And the, he's explaining it to this guy. And he, like, goes back to being a kid. And oh, there's, like, that. this obvious homeless guy. That you think is obvious homeless guy, but is clearly not. And he's like, "Oh, I'll, listen, you have all the all the preconditions for to be a a kung fu master, a genius, a natural born genius." He's like, "I'll sell you this this thing for ten dollars." And the guy's like, oh, "He goes he goes home, breaks his open his his life savings, gives him the ten dollars, and then he's like studying it. He's being faithful to it. He believes in it. He's got he's pure of heart." So then he goes out to save this girl, this mute girl who's uh, being picked up by some bullies, and he's like, he does his little, his little kung fu move, and it's completely worthless. 
And the guy's like, after they shove him down. The Buddhist it, palm. Yeah, the Buddhist palm. They look at his little manual that's worth like 20 cents that he paid $10 for and they <laughs> mock him. And then they proceed to all piss him. Uh, yeah, yeah, that it kid just, was like, a dick. It was like, it, but it, the thing is, is the, like in an American movie, we would never show the Karate Kid being pissed on. <laughs> right? Like, it would never be like multiple Come on. Times. Remember when Johnny and the guys beat him up? <laughs> yeah, but they beat him up. They didn't pee on him. True. Like, like, nobody ever gets, <laughs> nobody, no hero ever truly gets pissed on. It really looks like urine is being streamed on this kid for multiple And on his little kung fu manual. On his head. Yeah. And his manual. It's bad. It's I'm bad. like, you can wash it off your head, but your manual is permanently ruined. But on your head? I'd rather you piss on my manual than on my head. Yeah, but both! God damn it! It's all bad. It's all yeah, bad. But, but then, it's but demeaning then, intentionally, which is fucked. Which is hilarious, because you'd never see that. And I was like, Neo, fuck you. This kid got his head pissed on. And then and then it's like... Hey, Lee. It's like the, I fell asleep. And when I woke up, I had accidentally peed on myself. Does that mean I can never be a kung fu hero? Only when you have your head punched through the ground so hard that it looks like you don't have Okay, more. okay, thanks. Okay, over. never mind. Sorry to interrupt. Keep going. I was just So curious. then the little girl goes to give him the fucking the lollipop, and he's like, fuck you, I just got pissed on. Uh, and then he runs away, and I was like, that's real. That's real in a way that America... kept it. A millennial should not know about this because they will do it. They've snorted, they've snorted condoms, and they've, you know, they've taken the Tide Pod challenge. We don't need them peeing on each other in the face. Totally to express dominance. You know, not to mention they would never understand the whole thing. They'd be like, "Oh, is that a new thing? We should all pee yeah. on each other." Yeah. Oh, we're so cool! Look, I got Whoa. peed. It's like the ice bucket challenge. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, it's, it's like the ice bucket challenge. <laughs> it's all fucking pissing on, on each other. Peeing on each other. Yeah. I hear Fuck if you chill the pee in the freezer and then pour it on yourself, it's better. It doesn't. It smells better. I don't know. It's like a new Listen, more... I know you're the number Comes one demographic. But fuck you, millennials. Fuck you. You guys are horrible people. Aren't yeah. you? Aren't you a millennial? No. Don't ever say oh, that. Ooh, he might be. I think uh, you are. Saying, you're, you're at I'm least a... at the very least your generation Y, yo. Sorry. No, I'm Zennial, bro. No, that you're, means you're... Yeah. I'm sorry, that means you're a millennial. No, no, no. <laughs> what just happened? I'm just saying, I've studied the demographics, and that's okay, where you so land, what's my friend. What's a Zennial? Oh, Zennial is a bullshit distinction for people that don't want to be called millennials. Oh, no. that's, that's exactly not what you'll see in Wikipedia. Thank you. Wikipedia has things that have been made up by people like you that don't want to admit that they're millennials. Oh. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Am I catching heat from a girl who can't drive a manual? Wait a minute. And I'm a <laughs> what the fuck? Fact, don't baby. Don't come at me, that's, bro. That's Fact, fair, baby. but I can learn. No, yeah, you know what? Every millennial says that as they drive their mom's automatic. Don't fucking come at me, bro. Where uh-huh. you been? I've been drinking and driving since way before Uber and all that shit. Don't come at me like <laughs> I that. love drinking Crazy. and driving. All right, you're up. Give me. Uh, or did you? No, yeah, Who's you're. Up? I just gave you the scene, crazy, crazy dude. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to. I'm trying to move us away from drinking and driving and millennials. I'm not That's a millennial. A I'm a zennial. I know. A and she curve. she triggered you. I millennials get triggered easily, so I just don't want this to go <laughs> too far. What what year was a millennial board? Oh, you know, I don't know any of that. I just it's, know it's 1978. All these technically, kids. 
Oh, no, no, no. That's depending upon who you're fucking looking at. That's not the... Millennials are just as long a timeline as baby boomers are. I know. Generation X was weirdly short, and all of the other little things... No, no, no. Weirdly short doesn't make any sense. Because what happens is is that you have to measure generation by... Millennials are the generational demographic following Generation X, and Generation X ended in 1976, my friend. This says you. No, no, this is... This says is Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Yeah, Wikipedia says millennials, also known as Generation Y, are the generational demographic cohort following Generation X. There are no precise dates from this Boom. cohort starts or ends. Right, right. See, both of you are right that you think you're something, and it's there's no date. Anyway, here's what they say. Because I grew up Listen, before the they internet. They say typically. I grew up before cell phones. But you were born in the early 80s. Listen, it says That's, starting yeah. early 80s as starting birth years. And the mid-90s and 2000s is ending birth years. So it's anywhere between the 90s, I'm sorry, the early 80s and the 2000s. Well, fine. If I'm a millennial, I'm a fucking awesome millennial. And you can it's learn from true. me. It's true. My sister is also an awesome millennial, so I wish that you had your own thing to distinguish you from but the your rest. But your sister's a 70s person. My sister is born in 78. 76 yeah, is fit. when Generation no, X it's, ended. It's Lee. Lee's, you're the, 80 something, I was right? the tail end of Generation X. Right. I was the very last right. gasp. And I don't even know because I'm so deep into you're Generation X. X. I know. You're I just mean. Like, yeah, I'm, you're embedded I'm in, in there. Yeah. I'm, I know. I'm like, yeah, yeah I get that. You get to disregard it because you're Generation X. Yes, I'm just, I'm good with my generation. I don't question it and I'm good. You're actually the most fucked with yours, but yes. Of course. And you're going to get the least out of it. The term was coined in 87. And it was talking about children after 82 entering preschool were considered millennial. Yeah. Also, the me, me, me generation. The me, me, me. Every, the baby boomers are the me, me, me generation. Oh, they wow. really oh, are. They, are they absolutely are. Okay, anyway, let's get back to our show. And they no, believe no. bullshit email forwards. I'm not looking up truth. any more shit on millennials. This is bullshit I don't even no, care about. fucking hate the millennials. Is Good. it my turn? You no, know, it's mine. Okay. Okay. So. <laughs> facial hair. This is going to be so the, like, fun to edit. So fun. Cut, cut your fucking hair, bro. <laughs> Goddamn okay, hippie. What we you... are on to our final round of favorite scenes. And um, let me think of what I'm going to choose. I'm going to choose... Um... Oh, yeah, I've got it. Okay, my final favorite scene. And it was really good. It's the point where after Lee's uh, awesome knife scene... It's oh. the first point where Singh realizes that he isn't just normal. Because he's running like a fucking idiot away from uh, our landlady. And she's doing the thing that we've seen her do a couple times, which had no explanation, that she's just fast as fuck. And this is before we even realized that she's Superhero 5000. Supermaster, I should say. But whatever. And then she's chasing him. And then he sees what she does. And Lee brought this up earlier, and he didn't expand on it. So I'm going to let him expand right after I'm done with my scene. But, Lee, I want you to talk about the unlocker because that's his superpower. But um, he sees what she's doing. He's like, bam! And suddenly they're both doing, like, this Looney Tunes thing where their legs are going super fast, like, ridiculous, like, come on, fuckers, is this even real? But they keep it real, and they keep it going. It keeps going. They're going around cars, and there's this point where she's catching on him, and he goes under this car, and then she hits a thing, and she smacks into a fucking billboard, and she's just <laughs> fucked. And it was the first time ever we see all the curls 
curlers that she had in her hair popped out and she's just fucking Giant done. Oh, it was so good. It was so good. It was so satisfying. Yes. Yeah. Okay. He's the unlocker. He's his, so everyone's power is related to their kung fu or their way of life, right? Yeah. And so, like, right before he and his buddy are about to die, he picks a lock so fast before the axe comes. They're like, well, that's impressive. Can you do it again? Saves his buddy, his buddy's life. And then he, like, when he's being chased, he unlocks that ability. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then when he fights the beast, he unlocks the beast, who then unlocks his chi, who then bests him with the with the, with the frog style, sends him up into like which the he didn't even best him. Like he knew what he was doing when he's flying up. He fucking steps on a bird. Well, he's like, well, yeah, but, but he was he was still losing that fight. Like he was clearly not winning it, and so like he he steps off the bird. And then he he unlocks the Buddhist palm, yeah. and then blows it down. He's like, "I'll teach you." And the moral of the story is that the beast was just looking for a master of all time. Mm-hmm. He right? Yeah. Able to kill. He was looking for like. a master. Yeah, I like that. I like that take on it. He was looking for his brand new. Yeah, I don't know how dead on you are, but I really like your take. But you've been drinking, and it feels good. No, I like yeah. your take. When you first even brought it up, with thinking about it, like. Well, what was he like? It's maybe very zen. maybe he's very into the thing he's into. So, being a a lock breaker was because he really wanted to be a criminal. And then everybody's he... power is the same. It's their essence. It's their kung fu. They're good at one thing. Like everybody's everybody's I, I'm with job. You. Then again, there are styles, and I like the way that they kind of focus on that. Like, because people can have multiple styles. Well, and and not only that, like it reflects who you are. So, like. The the lion's roar is the fact that she's a banshee. She's a, just a, a, a loudmouth, and the guy who's <laughs> exactly. a later, he he like like think about it. Like when when they're fighting the beast, like when the beast bests him at manipulation, he spins with it. But his wife gets spun and caught. He hops over and saves her because she's about to die because she's been spun. She's been manipulated in a certain way, and he goes and he spins her that way to save her. So his his power is based on what he is. He's a manipulator, and then like and like the the tailor guy, he he's got these rings, but he uses those rings every day in his work, and and the the kanji guy uses his his bamboo staff every day in his work, yeah. and the the fooly guy uses his legs every day in his work. It's all related to who they are, and it's the exact opposite of the fucking matrix where everyone just downloads it. Nuke. Stop thing. talking about the matrix. Why are you also... obsessed with the matrix? Yeah, because I hate matrix. that movie. And you Stop talking about the matrix. What I can say is that you are a kung fu hustle whisperer because you definitely have a lot of great points about it, and it's only um, kicked out from under itself. By constantly talking about the Matrix, fuck the Matrix, <laughs> fuck the Matrix. I haven't seen the Matrix in twenty years, and I don't plan to watch it anytime soon. So stop dragging it into what is one of the best movies of all time. Jana, favorite scene, last one. This is it. This is very hard. Okay, I think. I mean, it's so obvious, but it has to be the Buddhist palm. Yeah. I mean, you're stealing. It's the perfect. Like it's the kitsch. It's the like that. It's literally the shape of a palm. Oh, it's so that's nice. hilarious. Combined with like, because you're so into it, like, oh my god, what's gonna happen? The end of the final scene, and it's a hand. <laughs> it's a 
cartoon hand. It's not like, even a good hand. It's just <laughs> right. <laughs> you look at the fingers that are all It's thin. not even a Mickey Mouse hand that's just like pressed into the ground. And then, of course, like, and he makes it so obvious that he's going to be like, I'm, I, I surrender. Nope, I'm just being a dick because here's my gold-tipped arrow. And then he does it again into the building. Yeah. It's, right past his head. And then... Oh, I'm not even gonna say it's anything. magic. It could be the final. I mean, it's it, magic and kitsch, and it just wraps up in the prettiest bow. Yeah. The best part about that movie is that at the end, like the little boy that's got the sucker, yeah, is like he meets the other guy who sold the guy the manual in the beginning, yeah, and he's like he's got snot going out of his nose. Oh, that was like, so gross. Nah, that was the worst bruh. part of the whole movie. <laughs> I'm He's like, like no, bro, I'm not going to buy your manual for 10 bucks. <laughs> and then the guy's like, well, how about five of them? I was like, oh, snap. You know what's stronger than, than your boy? The kid who buys five manuals. Yeah, that's so that's part two. That's, that's they the planned part a part two. two. It never happened. But um, that's yeah, stupid. Five but, manuals but don't contain I, more information than in, one manual. Unless this yes, is your does. final scene, no. Leroy. The, it's got the samurai one. It's got the Chinese sword one. It's got the boots. No, it could be like because he found the next master, and then yeah, exactly. That's the whole point. Like it's to imply that he's not that. Like the master is not universal. It's not like it's not apodictically certain that there's one master. One they're used. I mean, they they pass on, right? Okay, yeah. Yeah, Fine. If you weren't obsessed with the Matrix, you would be right about all the things in this movie. No, but yeah, definitely your fixation. On Neil. Because he's not Neo. Neo. <laughs> Come on. I just Neo. fucking hate that. Listen, don't call him Mr. Anderson. Neo. His name's Neil. I hated that movie. I hated it when it came out. I've watched it a million times. I still hate it. A lot of anarchists recommend it. I'm like, I fucking hate that movie. Hey, How much do you want to bet that like half the people that listen to this podcast are going to be like, I should watch The Matrix again? <laughs> Good. Let them watch it again. Let oh, them I don't think so. It. Maybe Herskules would be like that because he's no, always... You... No, listen to me. Trust me. If you follow Herskules on Twitter, he is the number one guy to be anti... Like, oh, you're against that? So my next podcast is about how awesome The Matrix is. Because he, he doesn't, because the Matrix is a, a meta response, so he'll go against the meta. Mm. No, I mean, I think because you're so, oh, well, you're so anti it, he would counter you. Let's find I out just, when he listens to this. Let's see what he tweets, and I'll talk about it in the next episode. That's good. good okay, finishing Janice because she didn't take it. Um, he does the palm, uh, the Buddhist palm, which was so fucking cool. But then he tries to betray him. He. He doesn't fall for the thing that the landlord does. He With the pulls, lotus, yeah, the he, lotus stabbing. Yeah, flower. he pulls out the the harmful part, the sticker, the needle. drops it to the ground, yeah. and then he flees it away like a little boy. And it's so pretty. It's I, a it pretty element. I didn't like that. I loved it. I thought it was. It made my heart me. sore. I was like, it did. Oh. It was a hallmark moment. Which... Wait, and I liked it. Yeah. After all that, oh, all right. if you listen, if you're gonna be into all the stupid stuff. If we're going to have a palm coming from the heavens and smashing the ground, <laughs> we can have a golden flower that floats away and becomes our ending moment of joy and happiness. The right, palm of fair. someone who has AIDS and anorexia. 
<laughs> I just think maybe that was what Buddha's palm looked like. It was kind of weak, and oh, his fingers were all thin at the top. And every time he tried like to anemia, yeah, he, he tried to like pick up a noodle out of a bowl that he was cooking noodles like pasta. He's like, I can't do it. He's like, I got I need a tool. I'm, I'm Buddha. I need a tool. Make I a tool for thick. me. I need two sticks. <laughs> I need a couple <laughs> sticks. Give me some sticks. I use those instead. And he also had a Mike Tyson lisp. Totally, he did. He was Clearly, like, historically. Clearly, oh, Buddha oh, had a Mike Tyson lisp. Buddha. Uh, right. I'd like to thank myself for giving me the opportunity to fornicate so many women. As he's biting, Buddha's biting uh, the ear off of a deer or something because that's no, what Mike no, Tyson uh, did. Uh, Whatever the Hindu. Oh, there you go. Yeah. All right, Leroy, it's your final scene, and then we're getting to the next bit. My final scene is the end. Like I said, like he, like you think it's over, and then that homeless guy, that creepy homeless guy, who you thought was a pedophile. Yeah, that was good. Right, crazy. (laughs) So, so he shows the five manuals, and the kids like, oh, and then it cuts out, and you're like, yeah, sequel. Good times. Yeah, I love that. Okay, well then, the last thing I'm going to ask you guys before we get to the top six challenge, um, just right off the hip, don't think about it too long. I guess I'll start with Jana. Who's your favorite character in the whole thing? Right now, go. Oh, crazy landlady. Landlady. All right, perfect. Lee? It's got. It's easily got to be the landlady's husband. He's hilarious. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to go for, off the top, really fast, 12 kicks guy, just because I liked him. He's, the, about he's the first guy who stood up to everybody. And I don't know. Obviously, the real answer is Landlady. Because she's the one who broke the dude's back and shoved him in the barrel. That was and fucking none of us chose Singh. classic. Singh was like the hero. Yeah, but he was but like he's the not designed to be like yeah. your favorite. He got peed on. You yeah. want to be peed on? <laughs> is that what you aspire and to he do? Let him, he Listen. let his friends stick three knives at him. <laughs> <laughs> it's That's a rule. not a good thing. <laughs> if if you've been covered in pee, you will never be he. See what I mean? Oh, <laughs> it's like a, it's a thing. Oh, then you'll be a she. I don't know what you're saying. You there. should you should definitely patent that phrase. Yes. Yeah. If you've been covered in pee, you will never be he. So okay, top six challenge time. Oh dear. I have to yet uh, use my phone because Jenna in this particular case is sitting next to me, and I don't want her to be. A fucking cheat. Because I would, actually. I wouldn't like mean Mo-Mo. to, but yeah, I totally yeah, like would. Mo- <laughs> I Damn actually, it. Why I are actually, you making me cut shit? <laughs> I can actually see the first question, but I can't see the answer to the first question, so... Why are you making me... No, there's no first question in there. It's right there. Oh, that's okay. Okay, I, can... I cut them off into another one. So, actually, Jana knows the first title. Of the first question, which means Lee, you're getting the first question. No, I'm not. She can have it. I don't care. Okay. I go hard in the paint, bro. Shh, shh, shh. Okay. I'm it's... not giving up. I'm not giving up. Second, first is the worst. Second is the best. Didn't you ever play that game when you were a kid? I didn't. No. That's because you're not human. None of this kind of podcast. So save your shit. <laughs> no, no. Whatever. Save your shit. Okay. Here we go. So it's time for our top six challenge. Uh, this challenge is about lollipops. Mm. Uh, question number oh. one is going to our guest. Wait a minute, guess. hold on. Is the is the challenge against Jana putting something phallic in your mouth? That's not really fair. I'm not gonna. All right, go ahead. You're the a only lollipop. person I've ever met who uh, is fixated and loves something phallic in their mouth. So I feel like we're good. 
We're good well, here. You know, I don't really think that's true, considering the fact that I once I'm... saw you take an entire measuring cup full of whiskey and fucking like blue ball it, like you double balled it in your mouth. That and... doesn't mean it's phallic. I either you don't know what a phallus is, or you don't know what a... I don't have one. So leave me alone and let's do the top six challenge. <laughs> literally the opposite it's like literally an orifice full of booze that i drink from it's literally like it's like being like you're so listen you got it all in your mouth and chalice rhyme let's move on yeah you got the whole thing in your mouth congratulations we now have to cut this because you tried to defend your girl congratulations i did yeah oh god you're getting sloppy can we start again all right let's go a lollipops. I was like trying to think, why would a lo- oh? It's because of the fucking plot point in the movie. Go ahead. Right. Because <laughs> like I'm like a lollipop with kung fu hustle makes no fucking sense. But there's like three seconds of it in the whole movie where it's a lollipop. Yeah. I said okay. Let's and just the start. ending. Let's just start. Let's start, and then we can have this conversation. All right, it's time for our top six challenge, and in this case, uh, it is about lollipops. So, <sighs> so yeah, um, I mean, when I th- I sat back and I, thought, I hate losing. This is going to be rough. When I sat back and I thought, what could be? I mean, what could I do for this movie? I can't do kung fu top six challenge, so I'm like, well, what can I do? So I just decided lollipops. So first question is going to our guest, which is Jana. Jana. When yes. was the first lollipop conceived? Uh, my guess would be like 1912-ish, 1913. You're so close. The first incarnation of the lollipop was probably created by the cave people thousands of years ago who collected honey <laughs> from beehives <laughs> with a stick. Shit. So that would be the first lollipop. Who said that? That sounds like bullshit. It's Wikipedia. Stuff. They found they found listen. They found fossilized lollipops. Listen, you can never call bullshit on it the top six challenge because because I promise you, I get it all from the internet. Yeah. And your answer wasn't great. I'm sure the real one is like the 1700s at least. I mean, the candy's been around forever. Oh, somebody shit. put it on the stick. All right, fine, all right, fine. I don't know about being putting on a on like a wax stick though. I don't yeah. Know if that's how that works. All right, Leroy, it's time for you. Who sings the song Lollipop? That's that stupid one from like... Lollipop? Lollipop. Yeah, yeah, who sings that? I have no fucking clue. Well, guess. I'm going to say... You know what? I know who it is. Actually, I know who it is. It is... Kiss. The band Kiss. Clearly. Yeah. It was originally from the band Nirvana. Uh, I'm just kidding. (laughs) They're called the Cordettes. Don't quote Nirvana to me, sir. Okay. Chord like chords in a guitar. Number three is for Jana. When was the first known use of the word lollipop? Fuck. These are hard questions. I agree. Why the fuck would I know that? I... I don't know. Are you autistic, Jenna? Go on. I do questions. I mean, uh, the first known use of the word lollipop was in... uh, Do the guy who did the lollipop. It was in 1840 when a famous author uh, got really into a thing on a stick. Oh, wow. So here's the thing. And Lee, you can just choose to give it or not. Uh, it was in the mid-1780s. 
Charles Dickens used it to refer to. She can have it. I don't care. Holy shit! I just made that up, and I was right. And another time around that period, another author said it's what they called sweet meat on a stick. That sounds gross. All right. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a penis on a rod. Right. All right. A cast iron. Like dinner. For fervor. Yeah. Anyway. All right, let's do this. How many pounds or what year was the largest lollipop done? How many pounds or what year? This is Well, everybody knows it was the 1905 World's Fair. This is like a chemist book question, so take your time. No, no, I've already I've already given you all the time. Okay. The The World's Fair. Chicago. The largest lollipop was made twenty twelve. Uh, the confectioners oh. behind the job was C's Candies of California, mm-hmm. and their creation oh. weighed over 7,000 pounds. It was chocolate yeah. flavored. That's a common misconception, yeah. Yeah. I wonder how big it was. Oh, I have your head. But seven, like 2,000 pounds is a ton. So it was as big as a large ton. Rottweiler attacking <laughs> your child. It was. No one needed to be the size, like the size of a semi. That's a big. Oh, seven thousand. Pa- I'm sorry, I was thinking seventy pounds. Right. Seven thousand pounds. Yes. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know any Rottweilers that are seven thousand pounds. So I just wanted to talk about how Rottweilers kill kids. So <laughs> sorry, listeners. It's fine. Right off the rails we go. All right, Leroy. I don't know if you know. That's how we do it. No, Wait, it's no, it's my turn. She goes. She goes. Every other person. By the way, if anybody's ever paid attention to this show in the top six, they don't. I can't. I can't do math. Um, okay, this one's this one's so easy. What is the most common flavor for lollipops? Oh, cherry. This one, bubblegum. Um, Lee, you almost had it. It's cotton candy, and Janet, you're wrong. Cotton candy. Cotton candy is the most common flavor for lollipops. That's weird. Maybe if you're Chinese. <laughs> I was gonna say. Which this show, this episode is. I feel like Amer. Yeah, I'm I'm American, and we yeah. have we have fruit flavored lollipops. Okay, here. so here's it's what I'm gonna lot, do. Chinaman. You I'm have sorry. one. You have one, Jenna. Um, I'm gonna give this one to Lee, and um, yeah, no, I actually have one more. Oh, we have one more. Okay, never mind. This one's Lee's. Yes. Leah, are you ready? Hold on. I got two drinks here. One's almost done. One's Let me have done. a quick sip. It's a difficult balancing act that yeah. he's performing right now. Yes, it, it, one of them is for equilibrium, clearly. Obviously. Mm. Ooh. Mm. It's so delicious. Okay, I'm ready. Dum Dum's Lollipop's mystery flavor. What is it? Corn Dum Dum's. They're the yeah, no, stupid... I know. The lollipop. It's corn syrup. No, so how do they come up with their mystery flavors? Since they have corn syrup, corn syrup's in all of them. Dumb shit. So how do they come up with the mystery? So clearly, I just won. What are you talking about? Isn't it just the extra shit that they have on hand? Yeah, it's called corn syrup. Okay, so you lose. (laughs) The answer is Dum Dum's mystery flavor is a pretty. My answer has been corn syrup. Is a pretty simple recipe. They're created as one flavor batch at a time, and when one's running out and the next one's beginning, all the ones in between become their mystery flavor. Corn syrup. I don't understand. So it's like, so the mystery mystery flavor is the bullshit that happens in between flavors? (gasps) Well, that's that's really what happened to like jelly. Jelly was just like a leftover of meat products. So it's also like pig shoulder, like spam. 
is pig shoulder. It was just like a leftover meat or, that they or, couldn't Or those use. coffee machines at the hospital when your grandpa's dying, <laughs> and you just switch between, I got a tea for grandma, and I got a coffee for me, and my coffee tastes like tea. That is the mystery <laughs> flavor. Okay. Yeah. Okay, you guys want the... I'll let you, let you both yell the answer. Uh, this is the tiebreaker. But anyway, I guess Jana won just because you gave her the one because she said author. And it was about Charles Dixon, Dickens coming up with I, it. I don't win these ever. That's kind of the role I play. Yeah, I, no, I, I heard you win one the other day. No, no. I said just last episode, good guys were black. Uh, Lee's never won even a single episode. No, he killed the one. No, never. He got no. the fireworks one. He got a bunch no, of No, not the fireworks one. He's never won any. Jenna, oh. the illusion. Wow. I always lose. Okay, the final <laughs> one. And the um, guests think they're so great. They're like, but every I day's won. a holiday, Lee. Every day's a holiday. Okay, continue. What have some liberal moms covered their lollipops in yes. and sent to other people? Um, and it's gross, but it's a, I guess a odd flavor of roofies wrong they put it in their they put it in their pussies and then they send them in their menstruation blood what it is is they get their kids when they have chicken pox to lick them and suck them and then they wrap them back up and they send them to other kids so just kids who fucking do that that's evil people who don't want their kids to get vaccinations for um the thing chicken pox I, I, wait, 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 wait. There are moms you don't get a who get pissed about someone else not getting a okay, vaccination, so they literally send a lollipop that they're yeah. infected in 20, with. In 2011, it was reported that moms... Chicken pox doesn't work like that, dude. Listen, in 2011, it was reported that moms Maybe across they were the country dumb and were ordering lollipops that had been licked by kids infected with chicken pox. The goal was to introduce, to introduce the virus to their own children in hopes oh of building God. immunity and avoiding vaccination. No, that's that different. Is... That's different. That's completely different. The Freaking. point is, is that to give their kids chicken pox at a young age, so they'll get shingles. Right. You're right. So, it has nothing to do with vaccination. That's so basically had... the same thing as getting a fucking vaccination. No, oh. back in the day before no. you were born. They yeah, used to have like a, things he's about to say it. Chicken pox parties. slumber parties. Chicken pox parties. Where when one kid had chicken pox, we all caught it's chicken pox. It's safer to get it as when you're kids. Like 10. Yes. Right. So you don't collect, so you don't collect shingles. Right. So what happens is that if you don't get it when you're, when you're young, if you get it when you're old, you can get it like a chronic condition that's really painful. Right. And so even the whole if you point do, is, you know what? Even when you're young and you get it, you can still get shingles when you're old. Uh, that's not what hey, I mean. Lee. Here's the point. Thanks for that, Doctor Flatulence. Anyway, you lost. Jenna hey, won. Doctor Rum says you're wrong. No, oh, Captain Rum says the, the only person who's won is Jenna. Woo, Jenna! I hate to let you win on this episode. I was totally uh-huh. BSing that, too. I know. It's and amazing. The fact that you got close and stole Dickens. it only because yeah. Lee was nice to you. Yeah. Really, you. This would have been Lee. another Matthew and nobody wins and I'm but embarrassed. The, the thing is the thing is, is that I'm a sexist and I feel bad for you for having ovaries, so you're good. Oh, okay. Ouch. That's all right. I feel bad for you for being a millennial, so we're even. I No, I'd rather be a millennial than have ovaries. That's well, hey, guest, uh, would you like to talk about where people can look you up? Oh, well, <laughs> I... Uh, no, teach us about art. I want to hear more about art. Well, you because... can look at my art at com. There are many, many examples of the art that I've made like, and tell, talk about, things that like, I talk sculpting. about. Talk sculpting about sculpting. Cool. It is yeah. pretty cool. 
That's so cool. All right, so now you know. Now you know where to find it. You know Lee. He's uh, Mr. Hooked on Phonics, and uh, yeah, thanks, Lee. Don't don't sell me up like that. I'm not. John, keep up. You know what I've liked, Lee, is you've been way more active lately. And to those uh, our listeners, uh, I think they acknowledge that too. I've heard it from a couple people. It's like, hey, Lee's back out of the gutter and posting random shit. So welcome back, buddy. Thanks, buddy. I like to tell you that your state is fucking full, full of shit, and you're all full of shit, and you don't read things about economics and history. And what do you mean? Bernie Sanders is going to save us, so fuck you. No, it's it's true. He's going to burn it all down. Ah, 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 Bernie Sanders! Like, you know, you know what's so funny? Don't put this on the recording. But God damn like, it. You're, no, stop it right now. Just say goodbye. This is goodbye. it. Just say goodbye. 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 That was the end. That was the end. The yeah. goodbye. All right. Goodbye.